To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Two, what's this Dow all about? Uh, my name is Todd Perry, and with me is the great Dr. Carl Totten. Hello, world. Here we are. <laughs> but, you know, he's with me in spirit and voice, but actually we are recording this show due to COVID-19 and, you know, social distancing. Uh, I'm recording this show in Long Beach, California. Uh, and like I have a little, like, studio in the back of my house that uh, the guy who used to own the place, he... He fixed bikes in it. He was like a bicycle guy. And so I converted into a little recording thing, and the, the sound's good in it, so uh, it's, uh, it's a fun little place for me to hide out. And you are at the Taoist Institute, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. I'm in my office at the Taoist Institute here in North Hollywood, and um, just sitting in front of my, uh, my computer and have a headset and mic on, and we are in the digital world, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So uh, before we get into the obvious topic today is we're going to talk about how to get through this uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Dr. Totten's going to share his wisdom on that. Uh, we're also going to go over uh, a chapter of the Tao Te Ching and uh, talk a little bit about free will. Uh, we've got a whole bunch to get to on today's show. But before we get into that, I'd like to remind everybody that you can help Spread the Dow worldwide via this podcast by uh, giving a donation. And uh, for $35, you get three of Dr. Totten's meditations, uh, which if you're not doing anything sitting around the house right now, it's a great thing. Uh, if you want someone else to listen to, that also comes with a show we did that's never been released to the general public about finding your own talents. So it's something to think about as everybody kind of is in their cave right now, uh, something to think about. So then when you come back out in the world and reintroduce yourself, uh, you could do so uh, that much stronger than when you went in. Yeah, I think it's uh, critically important right now because you know, all of our normal um, routines have been disrupted. And um, in terms of mental health, uh, that's uh, destabilizing uh, at best. <laughs> and if you don't have anything to kind of reconstitute yourself and to get yourself to feel more centered and grounded and connected, it's actually a, a dangerous in terms of what can happen to a person's uh, stress levels. And, of course, we know what stress levels do to one's immune system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so that's, um, who knows, it might literally save some people's lives. I never bring it up, but our show is on Spotify. For those of you who uh, listen to podcasts or music on Spotify, we're just look up What's This Dow All About? And we are on Twitter. So if you want to know when our next shows are coming out, whatever, follow us at What's This Dow? And uh, we just entered the world of YouTube. Uh, I, you know, we, I've got a little bit of free time right now. So 
I created a What's This Dow All About YouTube channel. And for everybody listening, if you could please subscribe because that really helps us uh, with the YouTube, uh, with the YouTubers tubers out there. Uh, and basically, we're just going to be posting clips of the show, and I put some like imagery to go with it. It's not, it's not Spielberg, but it's a way for you know people out there who don't know about us to find us. I think a lot of people look for this stuff on YouTube. So, uh, and then also, if you're sitting at home and uh, want to get a visual version of the show, uh, we've got that too. So I'm going to be uploading shows to that. Great. You know, there's some uh, links that I can send you too of me actually. Uh, doing things like uh, uh, teaching uh, the daily gong and you know some of those exercises that people can just uh, take a look at it and follow along. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, send that over. Uh, let's see here. And now finally, before we get into everything, I, I think we have to reflect on an incident real quick that was bizarre and strange that happened after our last recording session. Uh, this <laughs> doesn't necessarily have to do with Taoism, but... Um, if you listen back to the last three shows we've done, uh, 65, 64, 63, uh, throughout the show, you know, Dr. Totten is looking at me, and as I'm looking at him, I can see out a window that looks <laughs> into a marijuana shop that's right across the street, because in California, you know, pot is legal, which is cool, but I kept losing my concentration during the show and bringing up the fact that there was a cavalcade of bizarre sketchy characters that were like dancing in the street with their weed <laughs> and it was like almost like if you were to create a stereotypical what you would think it would look like outside of a pot shop this would be it you know like people people of all different you know social economic classes and everything smoke weed but this was just like if you were to make a beware of drugs ad it was the crowd in the cars with tinted windows pulling up, blaring music, and it was just—it was a hilarious sight to see. Yeah, really hysterical. And and then of course what happened at the end of that episode was really amazing. I, you know, it turned out you know there was a an altercation there where someone walking down the street was apparently abusing his girlfriend, and one of the security officers from the the weed store went out there to try to intervene and they got in a fight. <laughs> so then the guy pulled out a, a knife and actually slashed, uh, you know, not seriously, but cut the guy on his uh, stomach and on his arm and on his back. <laughs> yeah. And then an the other, then, and now they're running down the street after each other. <laughs> and then another security guard comes outside and he puts his gun on the guy. And then the guy keeps yelling and screaming at him, you know, kind of the perpetrator, you know, shoot me, shoot me, shoot me. And then he starts running with his knife after the guy with the gun who's running down the block with, pointing his gun at the guy, chasing him with the knife. Absolutely hysterical. Yeah, And it was funny because it happened right as we ended the show. Like, it was right as we were, like, you know, finishing up, boom, we usually take a pause and then comment on how we think the show went or whatever. And right and when we paused, out of the corner of my eye, I see this altercation going on with the guy with the knife stabbing the guy. And so we, we you know, Dr. Tottenham, we, we walk out of the Taoist Institute, the little studio, to see what's happening and go out into the front. And as, when we get to the front, uh, the kind of on the street with the, with the, the guy w w waving like the Norman Bates knife and then huh. the security guard was pointing a gun at him. And so Dr. Totten and I are standing there with uh, about four or five of Dr. Totten's students. And they were, they were in there and they were in their Kung Fu gear 
And one of them grabs a sword off the wall in the Taoist Institute. <laughs> and I was just sitting there, oh, my God, this is going to become like a Tarantino film. <laughs> and one of the students says, oh, if he comes over here, I'm going to cut him. <laughs> <laughs> and and guess what sword he grabbed? I actually have a uh, Kill Bill replica sword on the wall. And that's the one he grabbed. Can you believe it? <laughs> That's the one I'd grab too, man. You know? <laughs> it, I mean, and, and it's it's sharp. It was actually handmade and has it's a live blade, and uh, you know we we were kind of uh, gonna have our own little Kill Bill episode over here or something crazy like that. Oh, uh, I had my camera out. I was ready to get this. You know, this was good. we're about to go viral here. Uh, but and so in the end, the crazy part is when the guy with the knife chases the guy with the gun, and the guy with the gun runs. And yeah, then all hell broke loose. The LAPD came out, sorted it out. But it was like, it was so crazy. Actually, I left our, the computer recording. I didn't have a chance to turn it off. So I was hoping maybe we'd get some audio from outside, but there wasn't anything that was usable. But I was like, oh man, what a great payoff to the three shows of there's something sketchy happening here, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was another introduction to uh, chaos and randomness and change. And uh, I think that uh, in these current days, it, it was kind of like a prelude to, you know, for things to come, you know, here in our reality of the world right now, where there's so much instability and, and change uh, and, and based on a lot of uh, chaos and fear. Yeah. So, Dr. Totten, I guess, you know, the 800-pound gorilla in the room is the COVID-19 virus going around. So from a Taoist perspective, how do we, all of us, I'm sure many people are social distancing right now, listening to the show, how do we deal with this? Um, yeah, what do we do? <laughs> well, fortunately, some of our fantastic listeners, as you know, have been writing us. And we, I think we actually have some really good things in our uh, response, you know, to a couple of our listeners, you know, who uh, you know, sent us some questions, and even you know, sent us some um, you know some advice, uh, and and I I think that some of their advice was is really timely, uh, yeah. right right now, um, and so you know we're gonna probably go over that probably in a little bit too, but mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know when you know you know we have and we as human beings have two worlds. We have an inner world and there's an outer world. And through our inner world, we take in, process, and perceive the outer world. And when the outer world is as unstable and chaotic as it is right now, if we don't have an inner world where we can find some type of, you know, balance and stability and grounding, we're going to really be in uh, deep trouble. And that, of course, is what Lao Tzu and the Tao Te Ching really focused on quite a bit. Yeah, not to the exclusion of the external world, because as we've said before, a lot of his admonitions and observations and advice were really how to navigate in the external world. You know, he gave a lot of advice to leaders, to rulers, as to what was the best way to govern. And then, of course, there's a, quite a bit of attention given to internal states of mindfulness and how to find one's center 
And, you know, it's like kind of like a, uh, you know, how a gyroscope, how it rotates and turns <laughs> yeah. to try to find, right itself and always find stability. And no matter how, how, how much you kick it over, it'll, it'll always kind of uh, come up and will find a way to level itself. Yeah. In other words, a gyroscope constantly is seeking to stabilize itself in changing reality. So if reality turns on its head 90 degrees, well, the gyroscope will just flip right over there 90 degrees. You know, if it gets kicked down the street, it'll roll over. And then when it comes to a, a stop, whoop, there it is again. It's, it has that internal sense of calibration that no matter what is happening, no matter what the storm is externally, internally, there's always a center. And every one of us as a human being has a center. Now, in our society, are we really trained to know that? No. <laughs> no, I think, I think we're kind of set up for external gratification, right? Yeah. Did, did you learn that in school? Did you learn that at home? Did you learn that in church? Uh, uh, probably not so much. And well, so, you know, we, we have to now have, uh, in a sense, this is an opportunity. You know, I often say that life, the universe, the Tao is like a wave, and we know from you know really quantum mechanics that you know energy is kind of like a wave a wave form too and it goes up and it goes down and just like the waves on water the fact that it goes up and down might be upsetting you know if you're sitting there in the middle and feeling like you're about to get drowned but on the other hand that provides momentum and flow and if we can go with the flow just like that gyroscope and always kind of uh, land on your feet like a cat, right? <laughs> a cat jumps off the roof and it always land on its feet. We all need to become cats right now and land on our feet. Yeah. Now, uh, to back up just a little bit, you were talking about people finding their center. So, uh, you know, and, and so that they, they can, again, find that balance and be able to be cat-like in their response. Uh, what are some practical ways, obviously meditation is one, uh, for people to kind of find their center and kind of get their gravity, get their head right, uh, to, to be that nimble? You know, in uh, the Chinese practice and also in the Indian practice, you know, from India, you know where they talk about the chakras? Mm -hmm. And the, the lower chakra, the second chakra, you know, which is right around your navel, navel is a great place to actually focus our attention and ground and center there. And it's very easy to do. All you really have to do is just put you know, your, your palms your on top of each other and just hold it right there under your stomach. And as you inhale, you feel your stomach go out and your, your belly expands with your hands there. Okay, and then as you exhale, your stomach, your belly comes in, and then your hands come in at the same time. So if you do deep breathing and hold your hands there in and out, and imagine that there's like a balloon there that's expanding and contracting, and then as you exhale, you just slightly, very slightly, just tense your uh, stomach muscles just a little bit, and then release it as you inhale, and then lightly tighten it as you exhale. In a very few breaths, you will actually start to feel your center, this chakra, what the, this point uh, 
In Chinese, they call it a dan din, which means a field of elixir, an energy field. You will actually feel it start to stabilize and get stronger. And when when you start to feel internally more stabilized and stronger, guess what? Mm. <laughs> the external world doesn't look so scary anymore because you are in your own little ship, you might say. Yeah. You know, you've stabilized that gyroscope. And then no matter where you go, I mean, you could do uh, handstands and flips and things, <laughs> you, know, you know, somersaults, but that, that center is still there. You know, you've, we've heard that saying about the center holding. This will allow your center to hold and will be a point of refuge that you can return to at any time. I've been doing this for probably over 45 years at least, you know, when I learned this in martial arts, because martial artists learn how to use that point and contract their stomach muscles. You know, when they throw punches or do moves, martial art moves or judo throws or whatever it is we're trying to do. And uh, that's taught pretty much in, uh, in, in a good martial arts school. That's taught day one. You know, so that you know where your center is and how to do deliver all of your martial art moves. They all have to come from that point. And so I walk around pretty much 24-7 stabilized in that point for, like I said, well over 40 years. Now, also, I notice like just around my neighborhood and around my block, there are a lot of people I see that are out kind of walking more, which is really refreshing to see. Yes. Um, a lot of people walking their dogs. I know that, you know, I've been taking my son out on walks in his wagon, and I've been, you know, I, I like do like two walks a day, one with my son, and then I do, I do a long one with my dogs at night too, usually after dinner and after having a glass of wine or something, you know, and maybe walk around with the wine around the neighborhood. Who cares, right? Uh, <laughs> And then I've been doing these really long kind of walks. And also that helps to, I think, get me grounded. Now, what are some things that uh, if people are doing and taking these walks, is there a kind of an internal meditation or mindfulness practice they can get to, to help them keep centered while, while kind of being out there and moving and in nature? Well, again, some of the same practices that I just described work when you're walking, obviously, as well. That's a very good thing to do. Walking out in the sun is extremely good because you download uh, vitamin D directly from the sun right into all of your cells. That's mm. great. It's a great antidepressant, by the way. And unlike the uh, med medicinal antidepressants, there's no side effects except good <laughs> ones. <laughs> you know? And when you're walking, with every step, your feet are doing what? grounding you. And so mindful walking is where you, every step you, ro you roll your weight from heel to the center of your foot to the ball of your foot. And with every step, if you just pay attention to it, you know, there's, there's actually a walking meditation in the Taoist meditation that I teach. You know, we, do, we have uh, 15 standing exercises and 15 seated exercises. But the transition between the standing and the seated meditation exercises is slow walking, where we just walk around the room, just like I described, rolling the weight from heel to toe, but being mindful of every step. You know what the most powerful force on the earth is, uh, Todd? Mm. Uh, water? Gravity? Gra you got it. Gravity. And so gravity is doing what? Mother Earth is actually pulling us down into her center 
constantly, 24-7. And so by walking slowly and feeling that kind of tug of nature, it's like a big hug. It's like gravity yeah. is hugging us here every second. But most people... Aren't, don't really attend to it unless they fall down. You know, then they know <laughs> that gravity is affecting them. Something <laughs> made them, you know, we're, you know we didn't fly up into the sky, you know. Something held us down. And so the ancient Taoists learned how to exist in harmony with that force of nature, and that was another way to remain grounded and centered and stable. And so as you're walking around your neighborhoods or you get to walk through a park or something, you know, take in the beauty of nature, uh, you know, may, maybe, uh, you know, hug a, a, a branch or a tree or the ground or a flower or a root or something, and and then just, you know, walk on the earth, sit on the earth, and feel your intimate connection with Mother Earth, you know, who the shamans down in Peru refer to as Pachamama, you know, ah. the Mother Spirit, the Mother Earth. And we are her children. And the Mother Earth, along with the Son, the ancients called Father Son, those two stabilize us so that we feel held, contained, and nurtured all the time. And this is what the, part of what the Taoists always talked about, being one with nature, which they equated with the Tao uh, itself. And Lao Tzu, through, you know, throughout the Tao Te Ching, was talking about being one with nature, one with the great Tao. And I think that in this time of kind of global instability, some of these ancient and very powerful lessons will really, really help a lot of people. Now, uh, in in my home life, uh, my wife tends to be a kind of forward-thinking person. So, And I know there's probably a lot of people out there listening that are the same way, that right now, you know, they're trying to get centered, um, and but at this you know and at the same time they're ha- probably having to fight against uh, the problems that can come with going oh my god what's going to happen next week what's going to happen in the week after that what's going to happen to the economy what's going to happen to my job and you know Lao Tzu once said if you are depressed you're living in the past if you're anxious you're living in the future if you're at peace you're living in the present so I mean uh, are there any other I mean obviously finding your center is a great tactic for that. Um, are there any other kind of um, maybe mental exercises one can do in which they stay in the present so they're not being anxious all day going, oh my God, what's going to happen tomorrow? Because the story is just unfolding wildly, you know? <laughs> yeah. An- another uh, tool that people can readily, readily access on our website is that, uh, day, that 10-day gong. You know, oh yes, which, which is a twenty-minute-a-day type of uh, mindful practice, and I, I divided it up into exercises for the mind, exercises for the body, exercises for your emotions, exercises for your energy, and exercises for your spirit. Okay, so there, those five aspects. There's two exercises, you know, for each one two minutes uh, each one. And so it's a total of about, you know, 20 minutes. And you can actually spend time every day in like two-minute increments practicing some of these things. One of them uh, happens to be like the one I just told you, you know, about the feet, you know, paying attention to your feet. 
And one of the things, one of the progressive relaxations I learned when I was studying hypnosis many, many years ago was to shift your awareness, your attention to your feet. And when you do that, you're going to become aware of a, some physical sensation. It doesn't really matter what it is. It might feel light. It might feel tight. It might feel loose. It might feel heavy. It might be warm. It might be cold. I don't care. But when you put your attention on your feet, tell yourself that that feeling is actually a wave that can move, and it's associated with relaxation. And then you feel that wave of relaxed energy move right from your feet up your leg into your thigh, and it's moving on the inside and the outside. It's touching the blood and the nerves and the bones and the tendons and ligaments, everything inside and out. And you draw that wave of relaxing energy from your feet to your legs, up your back, relaxing your spine, your muscles, your shoulders, your shoulder blades, then down both arms into your hands and fingers, and then back up over your neck, over the top of your head, and then it washes right down the front of your body, relaxing your forehead and your eyes and your nose and your lips and your mouth and your tongue and your teeth and your chin and your jaw, your throat, and then it goes right back down to the center of your body and winds up going out of the soles of your feet into the earth. And just moving your awareness through your body with the intent of relaxing every inch of your body from toe to the skull and then all the way back down is remarkably calming. And when you go down through the center of your body, you should see all of it's like you have x-ray vision <laughs> and you can <laughs> see inside of your body all of your organs like your heart and your lung your liver your spleen your kidney your intestines and you put a happy smiley face on each of your internal organs so you see your heart and your liver and your spleen smiling at you mm. you know as this wave of relaxation goes through your body uh, the, uh you know i've you know worked uh, one of my specialties is working with people who have been in trauma traumatic situations. And one of the first things I do is this, what I just described, because I want them to have a safe place that they can return to and feel stabilized before we get into dealing with, you know, experiences in their past that might have been overwhelmingly traumatic. You know, they need a refuge, an internal refuge. And when our mind is in stress, uh, we lose the ability to find an internal refuge. You know, uh, our, our, our stress response overwhelms our cognitive ability to process and manage the stress. And that's what leads to things like PTSD. Mm. You, know, you know, when that is activated, the higher cortical uh, parts of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, literally gets disconnected. And so oh. you can't use your knowledge, your skills, your wisdom, your creativity to help yourself. Instead, you stay in panic mode, in stress mode, and, and, and then you feel like you're just under threat all the time. Not a good way to walk around the world these days, feeling no. that you're under threat, because then you, don't, you can't use the, the, the more logical thinking part of your brain to help you. So that's something that uh, I really suggested people do. And like I said, all of this is uh, uh, accessible on, uh, on the website, uh, www.whatsthisdow.com. 
Yeah, what I'm going to do is I will post a link to it right beneath, like, the episode 66 we're putting up right now. I'll have the gong in there. Because, you know, you have the audio player and you have a little show description. I'll put the I'll, put, I'll re-up that link right there so people can uh, get to it. Um, you know, I've been thinking about this, and, you know, I try to, you know, stay stay positive, you know. Uh, and one of the, the good things is it does give us some... Uh, time and ability if we're just stuck at home to maybe work on some of the things we've always wanted to do but haven't been able to get around to. You know, uh, yeah, I, read, I th- read the Tao Te Ching. <laughs> yeah, read For the example. Tao Te Ching. <laughs> work on that uh, masterpiece you wanted to write or, you know, paint something. Or I've had the a lot of time to spend with my son of recent, which I think has been a really good thing for him and, and I. And I I also think that, uh, you know, it's given my wife and I a lot of time to spend together. And uh, I think in that way, it's it's a positive thing. Yes. Uh, you know, and it's like right now we're doing the show and I don't feel at any point like, oh, we got to keep this one short. You know, like everybody's got a little bit of time, I think. Um, and I think that this is the kind of environment where somebody who has practiced Taoist concepts can really thrive. Because as you said before, you know, uh, life is an an inside job. And if we're kind of really focusing on our internal world because we're we're, we're forced to kind of uh, leave the kind of external society for a bit, uh, there can be some opportunities for growth there. Absolutely. You know, know, we talk about, you know, the... um the skill from the immortal Lu Tong Pen. He yes. talked about turning the light around. Well, right now, the light is being turned around <laughs> and it's shining brightly on all of us. And to the extent we can do this type of self-observation, this mindfulness, this getting in touch with ourselves, with our strengths, with our assets, learning how to go with the flow, learning how to feel the impact of gravity, learning how to be in harmony with that force of gravity, literally the most powerful force on earth, learning how to use that as a tool to stay centered, grounded, connected, and to feel nurtured and held by the mother, the mother earth. And and the force that she holds us with is gravity, is immeasurably comforting. Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of the things about this situation is we've had our listeners reach out to us, uh, both on Twitter and via email, and we got a really great response from a listener, Eric, who wasn't necessarily looking for advice. He was looking to share his thoughts, and I thought, I said, Eric, can we share this with our listeners? I think it's fantastic. And I'll just, it was a rather long email, but there was a really good paragraph um, I kind of pulled out of it. And he said, could it be that this is the time to stop all the growth, motion, vigor, etc., and get to a place of stillness and zen, the, quote, center of the circle, just like you were talking about, Dr. Mm-hmm. Todd? Mm-hmm. Is nature telling us to slow down, stop traveling, reduce our consumption, hibernate, and things of this nature? Do we need to pause from our scourge of overconsumption, pollution, racing through life, destroying the environment and animals that we are so interconnected with? And yes, I think this is an opportunity for us to consider those things. It's, you know, there might be financial hardships. You know, we can't 
consume how we did, and maybe we can realize that we didn't really need to. Um, and also, the the one of the positive aspects of all of this is there's been all these satellite photographs of pollution throughout the world. And there's like places in India where people can see the mountains for the first time in 50 years, and over Italy, even though obviously that place is being devastated mm. by the disease, um, the positive aspect is the air is like 10 times cleaner. Um, it's yeah. almost that like the Earth is like humans. Stop it for a minute. Let us take over. Slow down. Slow down. You know, I said to uh, Eric, uh, I said, you know, Eric, spoken like a true sage. <laughs> you know, throughout the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu warns of the consequences of not aligning with nature. You know, we know that the action of the Tao is reversal. And when Yang expands to its limits, you know, like overactivity, it dramatically reverts to Yin. That's a basic tenet of Chinese medicine. So when we run ourselves ragged, what happens? We tend to collapse in order to rest and recuperate. And it seems that Mother Nature has called us to task and is insisting that we now return to balance. So I said, thank you very so much, uh, Eric. We really appreciate you listening to the show, and uh, thank, thanks for uh, you know, chiming in at this time. You know, the, the whole situation is a huge reminder and eye-opening example of just how interconnected we all are as humanity you know it's like uh, some guy ate a bat in china <laughs> and now it spreads through <laughs> the entire now i don't know if that's what exactly what started it i don't know i don't want to spread any whatever but it is interesting that you know something happens in action almost possibly by one person or Whatever, maybe it's an example of just our behavior as humanity, but and then it comes through like a wave, you know. It goes to show how important it is that everyone kind of on this planet has access to dignity and to be able to get some kind of health care and all this stuff because something goes wrong with one person and it can affect everyone. You know, yeah, that person becomes uh, what they call the patient zero, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like you said, you know, you drop that pebble in the middle of the lake, and those ripples go out, and you don't have no idea where they're going to stop, <laughs> and and who it's going to touch and destabilize, and it, it, and if that's how this got started, you know, someone consuming a, a diseased bat or something. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> and, of course, I've seen pictures of those, what do they call them, those markets in China? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, they look absolutely atrocious. There's no sanitation. I mean, it, on, on, a, on the best day, they look awful. And uh, now there's been a spotlight kind of turned on those. And so I, I really hope that this does something to uh, diminish that whole uh, uh, way of doing uh, you know, commerce around food because it, it really looks just awful. Do you have any final thoughts on this topic before we uh, move on? Um, you know, I, again, <clears throat> I, you know, I was seeing, like, I think you sent this over, you know, that chapter 47 from the Tao Te Ching? Ah, uh, yes. Isn't that pertinent right now? <laughs> it, it's everything, really, yeah. <laughs> you know, it reads like this. Without going outside, you may know the whole world. Without looking through the window, you may see the ways of heaven. The farther you go, the less you know. Thus, the sage knows without traveling. He sees without looking. He works without doing. Wow. 
Wow! Yes, <laughs> isn't that perfect? <laughs> the song that uh, the one that George Harrison turned into a Beatles song, "The Inner Light." Uh, yes, and I think this is a great thing for us to think about when we wake up in the morning. Is without going outside, we can know the or the ways of heaven, as uh, it's said in the Beatles song. But uh, you can know the whole world, and as you said, life is an inside job. And as Alan Watts once said. Uh, if you want to find Zen at the top of a mountaintop, you have to bring it with you. You mm-hmm. know, uh, our homes can be a spiritual place, and they are, you know, as long as we decide to tap into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the whole world at our access, right, internally. and We have everything we need to deal with this. And hopefully with finding our center collectively and everything, we can uh, get past this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you want to... Um uh, read uh, we have the other listener mail, and then the last chapter of the, of the Tao Te Ching eighty. Do you want to read the, what was Greg's uh, letter? Oh yeah, this is a, this is a great letter here. So uh, let's see here. This is from listener Greg that we got. Um, I'm gonna change up the topic a little bit here with this one, but uh, I, it's a great great question. Uh, hi Todd and Carl, thank you so much for the podcast. Listening to your shows and reading the books you've recommended have been life-changing for me, and it helped me work through some tough personal issues that I was not able to handle before, even with therapy. I have a question about free will. You mentioned it on the show a couple times in passing, but I wonder if you could speak to the Taoist view of free world and how it compares to other views of it, such as in Christianity. Sorry if you've covered it already, but I'm only up to the 40s in your show list. <laughs> and no, Greg, we have not discussed this issue, and I think it's a pretty heavy one because if we don't, if, if free will is just kind of an illusion and everything is predetermined, whether by our genetics or whether, you know, it's the world around us conspiring to uh, reduce our free will, then it com- dramatically changes how we view our own selves and others. If, if man doesn't have free will, can I get mad that somebody committed a crime? If it really is beyond their control, uh, can I praise someone for doing the right thing? Um, are we, you know, how do, how do we view ourselves? If we just look, wake up one day and say, I, I actually, it is an illusion that I'm in control of my life. I think it fundamentally uproots everything we know. Um, so, yes, this is a huge question. So mm-hmm. um, he said he wanted to go, you know, some of the ideas of, like the Christian idea of free will, which is interesting because you kind of get different views on this from different denominations. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you look at in Ephesians in the Bible, it says, In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So in in this thing from Ephesians, it says that basically God has everything predetermined. So it makes me wonder if God has everything predetermined, then he's also determined that this person is going to be a sinner. This person is (laughs) not going to make it past the the pearly gates. But also in like Galatians, it says, for whatever one sows, that he will also reap. Yes. So it's also saying that wait a minute, you do have free will, and your actions, whatever you do, there's a recourse for it. Right. So There's a a consequence. Yeah, so it's very interesting. And so then I was looking at, they call this as a paradox, because it contends that 
omniscience and free will, like the omniscient God, and the free will of the human are incompatible in that any conception of God that incorporates both is kind of inconceivable because if how how do you have free will if our, if already things are predetermined? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's kind of it's weird, and then it's weird for the uh, for God to punish people if they it was already predetermined that they were going to be punished. It seems kind of uh, not cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these these are topics that theologians have been talking about and debating for several hundred years, right? <laughs> But, you know, let me tell you what I said to Greg. You know, of course, thank you for listening to the show. Now, I said, as far as free will is concerned, Taoism advocates being in touch with one's inner self, being in harmony with your own and the Tao of nature, thus allowing Wu Wei or effortless action to guide our lives. We have total free will to decide what is appropriate for us And the wise person uses meditation and mindfulness to align our free will with the Tao so there are no blocks created either internally or externally. Now, on the other hand, I often say that no one knows what their next thought will actually be. So, can there be true free will if we don't even know where our thoughts even come from? Hmm. Mm. You know, I suppose that we could get into discussions about determination and the the like, but, you know, overthinking is one of the barriers that prevents us from accessing our true nature and being too attached to left-brain logical thinking has caused many problems in this world. Ultimately, we need to have our consciousness be a complete one that integrates right and left-brain thinking and resonance with unity consciousness, which is in the heart. In this way, we're able to intuit the actual nature of the Tao directly and of our own self in relation to the greater Tao. At that point, we automatically know what is correct for us, and then we choose that as the wise, natural, and correct way to be. We automatically know what is correct with us, and then we choose that because it's wise and correct. This, that's the way of the sage that Lao Tzu frequently referred to in the Tao Te Ching. Mm. So I said, best wishes, and may the Tao be with you. <laughs> now, I found that uh, Alan Watts has some interesting thoughts on this. And uh, Alan Watts, obviously, lots of his work is inspired by Taoism, also Zen and, and Buddhism mm-hmm. and, and Christianity and a lot of uh, different ideas. But I found that his take uh, was rather Taoist in which, you know, kind of, you know, we have yin and yang, but they are both, you know, two sides of the same coin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, one, one does not, you know, they, they, they co-create each other. Mm-hmm. And so Alan Watts has kind of a yin and yang view of it. And he says, what you do is also a doing of your environment. Your behavior is its behavior, as much as its behavior is your behavior. It's mutual. We could say it's transactional. You are not a puppet which your environment pushes around, nor is the environment a puppet which you push around. Mm -hmm. They go together. They Mm -hmm. act together. It's the same way, for example, if I have a wheel. One side of it going down is the same as the other side of it going up. (laughs) So, yeah, so from this idea, it's like uh, we do, 
I guess from Watt's perspective, or maybe the Dow's perspective, is that we do have agency, but also just because we have that agency doesn't mean we're not fighting against everything, not fighting, but working with and or against what's outside of us. And then the Taoist idea maximizes one's freedom by showing you a path of least resistance. Yes. And one that is uh, both empowered by the way the world works. So I kind of think of it as, do we have free will? And and maybe the answer is maybe. Uh, Maybe it's if we are not working with our inner, you know, getting deeper on our inner selves. If we're not working with the kind of uh, universal rules or the house rules Mm -hmm. that are outlined by the Tao, then we have less free will. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the more more we kind of go down this path, the more we cultivate uh, Taoist behaviors, tendencies, frame of mind, and and understand the the unfolding of it in the process, uh, then the more free will we have, we maximize Mm -hmm. our free will. You know, will we ever get to 100%? I don't think so, because also part of... Your self is governed by a certain about by uh, nature, which we didn't have any original choice over our genetics and and the like. And you know the number one in psychology, you know, the number one uh, predictor of current and future behavior is what past, past behavior. behavior. <laughs> yeah. See, so we're all kind of creatures of habit. As a well, as well, and so you know we, we've been, however old you are, you know we've been uh, thinking and processing and feeling and thinking a certain way for years and years and years, and uh, that's and so we get locked into patterns because they become conditioned. It becomes a conditioned response because it's just been repeated thousands of times, and so un- unless you again turn the light around and take a look at that then you actually have some choice as to whether you want that pattern to continue or using your more enlightened awareness and consciousness, can you make a choice to do something differently? It's like my Zen master, you know, who says that, you know, if you want to know what the next 10 years of your life is going to be like, he says, take a look at the last 10 years. He says, yeah. It's going to be exactly the same unless, unless what? Unless you become aware of who you are, where you are at the present moment, and then make a decision to change. Then all bets are off. You know, you've just opened up the uh, the threshold, you know, to all creativity and imagination, and uh, you, you now have access to the totality of the entire universe. Now your choices become almost unlimited. You know, once you've kind of you know, hooked your ra- your wagon to the Tao, so to speak, which contains <laughs> everything, and just uh, allow those possibilities to become authentic possibilities that you now, as a fully conscious and awakened human being, can choose. That's free will. That's true free will. All right. Well, now let's get into Chapter 80 of the Tao Te Ching, Uh, Would you like to read that, Dr. Totten? Sure. Chapter 80. A small country has fewer people, though there are machines that can work 10 to 100 times faster than man, they are not needed. The people take death seriously and do not travel far. Though they have boats and carriages, no one uses them. Though they have armor and weapons, no one displays them. Men return to the knotting of rope in place of writing. 
Their food is plain and good, their clothes fine but simple, their homes secure. They are happy in their ways. Though they live within sight of their neighbors, and crowing cocks and barking dogs are heard across the way, yet they leave each other in peace while they grow old and die. Wow. wow. <laughs> you know, I at, at first I was... Uh... I, I kind of my first take on this when I read was a bit different than after I kind of dug deep and I looked at um, what Derek Lynn had to say about it, mm-hmm. and he kind of says that this is a bit of he's kind of describing a, a certain like a kind of utopia because at that time China was in a lot of strife yes and 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 there was people were refugees and people were moving from place to place and you know there was a lot of societal upheaval so. Uh, this was kind of an idealized world that was laid out uh, by Lao Tzu of how hopefully people can get to this way of living after this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think at that period of time, there was a, maybe kind of like now, there was a lot of strife and turmoil, war, and probably famine and all sorts of things. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I interpreted this as Lao Tzu really advocating for a return to simplicity. Yes. Letting go of all the things we usually invest a lot of time and energy in and returning to living with less. Instead, we should enjoy the simple joys, you know, nature, food, people we know, attend to those things with joy and a sense of deep gratitude. You know, these days with so many of us in quarantine, <laughs> this message is particularly meaningful. Yeah. So finding and appreciating appreciating what we have, and then flowing with those simple rhythms, I believe is the, the Lao Tzu's message in this uh, chapter. Uh, it's, I don't see it as so much as utopian as returning to simplicity and then learning to value and appreciate with gratitude that which is already there. But Typically, since we're always looking outside of ourselves and looking ahead, oh, what's next? What's next? Oh, how can I get more and more and more? We we miss it. You know, we we, we can't we, we don't take the time to smell the roses because mm. we're, we're we're looking across the street at something that's going on out there, over there, later. If we just kind of just hold still in place which we're all having to do right now <laughs> through, uh, you know, just because of the circumstances, I think we can learn to appreciate the moment and bask in the glory of who we are and what we truly have to be grateful for in the moment. That, to me, is really what this Tao truly is all about. Well, we'd like to thank everybody for listening to this show, and we wish everybody to be healthy and that they can stay sane during these crazy times and hopefully uh, find the opportunities that are present in staying home and, you know, find value in that and, and thrive in this tough environment. Um, we, we did this show remotely, and so we're going to record another one right after this, so this show will be out on a... Uh, Saturday or Sunday, and then it'll be out. We'll, we'll put out another show a week later because I know that people have time. They want to hear about the comfort of the Tao in their lives, so we'll have another show for you. And thank you very much for spending time with us. Stay safe. <laughs>